Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. 20% of families go hungry every month. 56% of residents say they've recently felt depressed or anxious. It sounds like a portrait of a developing country reeling from a natural disaster. In fact, their findings from a large study of lower-income New Haven, Connecticut neighborhoods. This is Colleen Shaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs and Communications, talking with Dean of Epidemiology and Public Health Paul Cleary about those numbers and how these disturbing findings can actually empower New Haveners to build a healthier community. So this study was done by the Community Alliance for Research and Education, or CARE. Can you tell me what that is? Sure, I'd be happy to. The, in my opinion, the most important word there is alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I came to Yale, which is about four years ago now, there were a couple goals I had. One was to make a contribution to our community. And by community, I mean we have a national and international community, but was especially concerned about the New Haven, Connecticut community. Mm-hmm. And I thought the most important contribution we could make was to translate science into better clinical care and prevention in that community. We really ought to take what we are learning as scientists, move that into community in collaboration with the community. In other words, we weren't just going to take findings and apply them, but to make a difference, we had to work with the community. And to do that, um, I and many of my colleagues felt a fundamental building block was to build an alliance. We had to do Mm -hmm. this in a close partnership. So the idea of CARE emerged, and we've really been working um, for about four years now uh, with tremendous support from the uh, Yale Center for Clinical Investigation with uh, some funding from the CTSA to build this foundation that will allow us to translate science into better health by building alliance with the community so that they can help us define their needs, translate the science, and apply it to their needs. Well, let's look at the study I talked about as an example. So you have these incredible findings. Normal way of doing business is researchers would publish them and then move on. What happened here? Well, we will publish this. This is a very important um, community survey. It meets the highest survey standards or epidemiologic standards in terms of characterizing the community, but it's a very, very different way of doing things. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you a couple examples. I mentioned alliance. So we thought um, information from the community should be used for the community. So we spent a lot of time working with the community to help develop questions that would help them prioritize and focus on needs. We also, Jeanette Ikovics headed this mm-hmm. uh, initiative and did something that a lot of people thought was totally impossible. We said, gee, one of the issues in New Haven is employment. Shouldn't we, if we're true partners, shouldn't we employ people in New Haven to do this? Hmm. So she actually recruited from the community and trained a cadre of interviewers, which turned out to be brilliant because she got an 85% response rate to her survey. Wow. And what when would the have community been? was participating in the survey, the community was doing the survey, you know, you could go to another community and maybe get a 50% response rate. And so, would have been happy, right? If oh, you would have been very happy. So not only was this that. good science, uh, it was a good partnership. And the, um, sure, we, we always want to publish uh, scientific findings, but these are really 
foundational in the sense that they'll help us define the needs, focus on the needs, help us work with the community to define in what areas should we really be translating science Mm -hmm. to make the biggest impact. Now, CARE is part of the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation, which you mentioned briefly before. Tell me a little bit about public health's relationship with YCCI. Um, Well, let me, you know, a lot of people ask me to say, well, how is the Yale School of Public Health different from the broader School of Medicine? I Uh like to start at a different end and say, how are they similar? And what I say is we're all in the same business. Everyone uh, in the medical sciences or health sciences at Yale has a mission of improving health. And some of us do that by providing clinical care. Some of us do that by preventing illness from occurring in the first place. Uh, But we're all really working together. And many of those goals are synergistic. So sometimes the best prevention is done in clinical settings. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the best clinical studies are done with community involvement uh, and so on. So the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation has a major goal of promoting clinical research science and in supporting community-based research. Uh, Yale has some of the best scientists, does some of the best science in the world. I mean, we have an incredible array of scientists and ongoing scientific investigations. But everyone, and by everyone I mean uh, not only at Yale, but across the United States and, and the international medical community, realize we have to do a better job taking that scientific information uh, and using it and applying it and implementing it in a way that results in better mm-hmm. health. And um, since we're part of this community, the, one of the best, one of the key ways of doing that is working in partnership with our community to allow us to do better clinical research and to apply those findings in the community, whether it be prevention or care programs for diabetes or preventing or caring for asthma, working in the schools and the clinics and so on. Tell me a little bit about what YCCI has meant for young investigators of public health. YCCI is critical. It's uh, widely known that it's very, well, It's very difficult in general to do clinical research Mm -hmm. um, for a variety of reasons that many people are familiar with. And it's increasingly difficult for young investigators to establish their careers. So if you say how hard it is for a young investigator to establish clinical research, it's doubly hard. And YCCI does a range of things, but they create the kind of uh, infrastructure, administrative support, provide resources that just make it much, much easier for a young investigator to get involved in clinical research. Uh, One example of that is a whole series of pilot grants. So Mm -hmm. um, people from the School of Public Health, as well as many departments throughout the School of Medicine, have received grants that really allow them to get started um, on a project and then uh, leverage that or parlay that into a broader project, which they then can get funding from the National Institutes of Health. Because they've so, got the findings to back up that application. Yeah, and, and appropriately, uh, NIH reviewers have very, very high standards. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're a young investigator, it's often very difficult to demonstrate your capacity or 
demonstrate the importance of your findings. Someone like me who's been working many, many years, I have lots of studies to say mm-hmm. why I'm doing a particular study, or, and I have lots of data to motivate a particular grant proposal. But the young investigator really just has his or her ideas. Right. And so being able to test the ideas, get some preliminary data, demonstrate the feasibility of a project is key. And uh, that's it's difficult to get any kind of research going. But again, I mentioned uh, clinical research. Uh, it's doubly hard. Mm-hmm. So now, um, you know, we work and work in collaboration with other units of the uh, medical school as well as the School of Nursing um, so for uh, with community-based practice networks. So if people want to do a clinical study with this alliance I mentioned to you, we've created the relationships, we've created the trust. Mm-hmm. We can say what the priorities are of a network of providers or what's going to be um, well-received by the community. So that's a huge benefit to mm-hmm. uh, young investigators doing clinical research, prevention research, uh, anything where we're trying to, again, Um, One of the key goals in the CTSA is translation, where we're trying to take the best science from all our health scientists and translate it into better health. Now, this CTSA, or Clinical and Translational Science Award, at many campuses, nursing and public health aren't really full partners in the award. Here they are. How does that change things? Well, I'm I'm biased because I'm (laughs) in the School of Public Health, and I think... Uh, we can and should and do play an integral role in those activities. So at the risk of repeating myself, let me go back to the example. Well, I'll pick an example. Let's say someone wants, they're doing basic research on either the genomics or immunology or some aspect of, let's say, diabetes or Mm -hmm. asthma. Um, They develop some science that has the potential for clinical application, be it prevention, treatment, diagnosis, um, and they want to move that into the community. Well, uh, we have, we work, you know, schools of public health, by definition, spend a lot of their effort focused on Mm -hmm. uh, community-based research, doing epidemiology, understanding the community, because we have behavioral scientists and policy and health management people were working with clinics throughout the New Haven area. The School of Nursing similarly has established relationships with clinical sites. So if we all sit in the same room, which we do, and we say, what's the best way of developing, you know, providing support for a junior or even a senior investigator for that matter, a senior investigator, for example, who may have been doing basic science but wants to start thinking about clinical research or clinical research who wants to do more applied research, we can then think collectively about how can we leverage the both the uh, relationships we've established, the linkages we have created, the networks we have established to make it more efficient and effective in doing that research. Let's talk just practically about having that kind of funding available. Is it more expensive to do this kind of fully participatory research as opposed to just dropping into the community and extracting data from it? It is unbelievably (laughs) costly. And by costly, I don't mean dollars necessarily. Um, It does cost dollars Um, But time, or as I often say, the shoe leather. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Jeanette has, she's probably lost count 
of how many community meetings she's been to, how many older persons she's yeah. met with, how many community groups she has gone with and talked with, and the entire care staff and the School of Nursing and the Medicine. So there's a lot of time which um, is well spent and is important and critical, but typically um, that's not where our rewards are. So, right. if, uh, so you know, we're typically rewarded for writing an article for the New England Journal of Medicine and getting a grant from the National Institutes of Health. Um, but to get that grant and to write that Nijam article on clinical research, mm -hmm. for example, someone has to have gone out and established a relationship and built the foundation. So that's what we see uh, as our responsibility and uh, something we think will greatly facilitate and leverage and multiply the impact of other CTSA activities and initiatives. Thank you. That was Paul Cleary, Dean of Epidemiology and Public Health at Yale, talking about the role his school plays in advancing community-based research.